You're listening to The Real Word Podcast, produced by Reading Opens Minds. I'm Lauren, and in this episode, we're talking about the book Me Before You by Jojo Moyes. Me Before You was published in 2012, first in the UK and then in the US to much acclaim. Over 8 million copies sold worldwide to date. It's a love story between a 20-something-year-old novice caregiver and a 30-something wealthy former adventurer who is paralyzed as the result of an accident. Author Jojo Moyes, born in London, is a former journalist, as well as having had odd jobs as a minicab controller and a typist of braille statements for National West Bank. We thought this would be a good read for our teens since it features a strong romantic lead character who is disabled, and many reviews, including the New York Times Sunday Book Review, gave it a rave, noting it, quote, provokes tears that are redemptive, the opposite of gratuitous, end quote. Since we hadn't touched on disability in the group before, I was curious to see what would stand out for our teens. A word here about how we're honoring privacy for our students. You'll hear some first names here and there, and in upcoming episodes, you'll hear some details about where we are in a socioeconomic context, but not too many details, and I don't want to give precise introductions. So we're hopefully offering enough to enjoy, but not enough to expose. At this book club meeting, the group had agreed to read half the book, so are unaware of the suicide aspect of the story. Sorry for any spoilers. Therefore, our conversation is focused on the story of Will and Lou up to around where his ex-girlfriend breaks the news about her engagement. Here we talk about what broke the ice between Will and Lou. It's when she actually uh, yelled back or was a bit negative towards him. That's when the icebreaker was, because it explained it in the book, um, since he sort of found this same ground. She went to his level and he sort of no. remember that? Yeah. So she like answered him back. Was yeah. Like, don't be such a jerk. Yeah. And it was like, you know, don't be an asshole. I get it, man. And I could see this point. I mean, if I were in a wheelchair, I'd be grumpy too. The conversation shifts to lose relationship with her family. But she always puts them first instead of thinking of herself. They're a-holes to her. Whoa! Okay, why? Because when she came home to them saying she got, like, laid off or whatever because of what, the cafe shutting down. Closing, yeah. yeah, and they, I know her father in particular was like, what are we going to do now? You better go find a job soon. And they're, like, telling her, like, we need the money. Go get a job. And then she finally gets the job, and then they're, like, talking all this crap about the job and what she does or making fun of it, like, teasing her. And I was like, you were just begging her to get a job because she needed it. Now you're, like, giving her just a hard time, a hard time with it. Yeah. If I were her, I'd be like, fine. You, you, can, do it. <laughs> you can do this yourself. I'm leaving you. Like, I'm here for you, but you're not, like... Um, I was going to agree with them because I was thinking, like, they did tell her to get a job when she got fired. And it's, they're just taking real advantage over her, like, because they just take money from her and they treat her like, I'm just going to curse, they treat her like crap and they don't appreciate what she does for them. I think it also has to do with the with the expectations pushed on to people by their families saying, oh, you have to help support and give back. Oh, you have to um, help out. You got to do something because we, we've helped. Like we've Lou. helped you. Yeah, like Lou, we've helped you for so long. You have to help now. 
And I think that most people, if they're able to think on their own, if they have an education, then yes, they can feel like they have a dream and then they can work towards it. Um, I relate to her because, you know, we're all expected to know what we're doing when we're still in school and we have to ask permission to go to the bathroom. Yeah, we're expected <laughs> to know what exactly we want to do for the rest of our lives. And knowing her, well, at least from what I read, she hasn't been exposed too much for her to actually think of what the future else is yeah. there. Yeah. Exactly. There's plenty of people who just stay at home their entire lives and they don't do much. Because? They don't have someone or something to inspire them to go further. Do you think they're scared? They're scared, of course. Are you ever scared? Definitely. <laughs> do you still do stuff? Mm. Here and there? Here and there. Like 50-50? Mm-hmm. So, but 50% of that, you like go, okay, I'm scared, but I'm going to do stuff anyway. <laughs> More right. like the 75, 25. Okay, okay. But there's 25, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, she makes such a wonderful point about being in high school and having to ask permission for basic things while at the same time being expected to make big life choices and take big risks. It makes me realize that for kids who haven't had the opportunity to travel or even to go to summer camp or to have other experiences outside of school... It's probably terrifying to contemplate college and choosing majors and what you want to do with the rest of your life. Now we're getting their reactions about the scene where Will's ex shows up and makes a big announcement. Oh, the ex. What was her name? Alyssa or? No, Alicia. Alicia, that's what it is. Yeah, see, I just read that. That's why I'm so good with the name. Okay, what did you think? Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty messed up. The fact that she's ending, she's gonna marry his best friend. And but then again, Patrick had a point. Like, um, she had a right to leave him or whatever. But he didn't touch ground on whether it was right for her to marry his best friend or vice versa. Well, also, she didn't didn't she say to Lou, "I tried. Oh yeah, he sent me away. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be there, and he wouldn't he wouldn't let me." But she could have married someone else that he didn't know so very well. But- True. I think, I think to her it is fair. It's been two years. She actually did try, but looking looking at it from his point of view, then yes, you see it's unfair because he did love her. But looking at it from her um, um, point of view, you can see that it's been two years. She did try. She did try and do everything she could to get like get him to open up, but he just pushed her away, and eventually she felt felt far away and could and just felt that it was she was comfortable with uh, Robert. So that's why she ended up marrying him. His name is Robert? Yeah. Rupert. Rupert. I think throughout the time when he's sitting there, yes, he's thinking about them, but you know how the pictures, they were there and they were sitting there. He decided to knock them off down because he realized, oh, that's not me anymore. So probably by the time of two years passed by, he's changed within as well because he's been just solo, like he's just been on his own. I feel that going over to tell him was good but I think more of oh, like okay she could have said okay like I don't think this is like way before um before she actually like it's not coming out right no 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 I got you I got you <laughs> like, like you're gonna tell him like but right before you get married yeah, could you not have like been, said like, hey, okay like seeing each exactly other? that's I mean that's what I think 
So you're saying yes, but earlier, mm-hmm. not like the wedding tomorrow. Yeah, cool. <laughs> kind of. Okay, I say yes. I say I agree with Rihanna because, like, honestly, he they should have told him before, and I feel like it's kind of unfair to Will because they're kind of rubbing his ha- their happiness in his face because he, I mean he doesn't want the happiness to start with he's kind of depressed he's really sarcastic but I feel like he's really he he was entitled to know beforehand and um, that they're kind of they are rubbing it in his face because you know they're telling him just before and they're just pleading with him basically so yeah but would it be better if they just got married and like he found out about it six months later yeah I think you think it'd be better <laughs> I mean I don't know I've never <laughs> could have been we, we don't really know what's best it seems lame it seems lame not to tell him and then it seems really crappy to tell him as well but like if you if that happened to you would you want to just find out like six months later <laughs> that the person you used to date and be in love with married someone else well I feel I agree with Brianna and Leslie, but I feel like she could have handled it better. Well, I mean, I think she was in love with him, and she still has a place in her heart for him, so she wants to go tell him. You think she needs to? Yeah. Because because she's like it's because of her heart. Telling so it's her not really because of him; it's because of her. Yeah. Yeah, and it would have been really, really kind of if she didn't tell him, then that'll probably like come back to haunt her for the rest of her life. Like, she would be like, oh, man, I really should have told him that. And, like, like it's probably tearing him apart. He probably suspects something, but doesn't exactly know it. And so it's just, like, eating him day in and day out, and now it's eating them. It's just, like, carnivorous. And how it might feel to be disabled. Um, so I've been in a situation where my mom has been so weak that she has to be in a wheelchair, and it's kind of upsetting when you see people, like, just staring, or they come up to you, like, oh, what happened? Like, just leave us alone. We're already right. grieving. Get, like, get out. Exactly. You, th- she's like a magnet for people's questions, no? And you're like, I'm just a person trying to live. Exactly. Have, do you, have you come up with a good, like, getaway line? Like, something you can <laughs> say to people? Like, thanks so much. Goodbye or something? Well, I'll just stare at them. Like, um, I think it's kind of obvious that she's ill. Is that, like, do you need more information? Do I know you well enough to say any information? Exactly. Who are you? Mm-hmm. I like it. Is the, does that frequent that it happens for her? Um, she's no longer in that situation, but it was pretty frequent where they like automatically feel like they're close to them. And so they're like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in so long. Like, no, just get out. After this meeting, we finished the book and then we took them to the movie, which they enjoyed a bit less than the book. In fact, the overall response to Me Before You was very positive. And as you can see, they had a lot of compassion for both Lou and Will. I think we also came away with a heightened awareness about people who are disabled and how our society might better accommodate their needs. You've been listening to The Real Word Podcast, produced by Reading Opens Minds and edited by Saul Black. You can find us on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone or on the web at lareviewofbooks.org slash the-real-word. Thank you to the LA Review of Books staff and supporters for giving this podcast a home and some tender loving care. 
For more information about Reading Opens Minds, go to readingopensminds.org. There you can subscribe to our newsletter and see what else we're up to. Special thanks for this episode goes to Michelle Colos-Brooks, Leslie Peters, and Jackie Amezqua for story editing, Katie McEwen for graphic design, and Stacy Reeder for co-facilitating the book club. I'm Lauren. Until next time, happy reading.